Lifebury, a podcast dedicated to your personal story. A story which is not merely a collection of events, but a powerful chronicle that encapsulates the essence of who you are. Understanding the importance of your personal story is to recognize the significance of your voice in the grand symphony of life. Let's get connected. All right. Am I coming through? Got the levels locked. Steady on the right, ready on the left, Freddy in the middle. Wicca, wicca, here we go. Um, no. Um, so uh, I don't think my childhood was uh, very abnormal um, until I got older. <laughs> um, uh, because I realized a lot of things growing up. But when I was younger, um, I was the youngest of five and was displaced by like five years from the next oldest sibling. And so, uh, you know, we didn't really, I didn't really end up playing with my siblings as much as other people did that had uh, siblings closer in birth order. Um, but um, I would play with neighborhood kids, of course, and had my friends. But um, if I was at home, a lot of times I'd end up playing by myself. And then as we know, as I know, I'm a teacher, so uh, through my knowledge of educational psychology and development, as I was trained, um, to recognize that's when a lot of times the imagination is unlocked, is when kids are allowed playtime alone, solo. And I was no different. And uh, so a lot of times I would make up personalities and voices and all kinds of things, all kinds of ornate kind of tapestries if you will woven together by threads um, of these personalities and so when i was young i could do a lot of voices and i just made them up or i'd listen to what was on the tv and if a voice struck me i would i would mimic it you know practice it etc i still do that today when i'm in the car by myself it's a lot of fun crack myself up quite a bit so or i'll do it in a store in front of my kids and embarrass them or make other people laugh because I'll comment on whatever's going on with my kids and then have it in a different voice. And I get a little kick out of that. It's like my little stand-up routine. Anyway, <clears throat> I digress. So as I got older, um, you know, it wasn't too out of the ordinary for me to have a whole dialogue within my head while I'm talking with someone in different voices with different personalities sometimes because i'm just bored and so it wasn't anything for me to think wow did i just hear a voice like you know because i have this internal dialogue a lot of times and i guess not everyone has that research just i thought everyone had that like you know your inner voice or what have you the observer observing the person the observer of the observer of the observer and not everyone has that. So um, there was a time I was at a educational conference. This is where I'm going with this. And uh, some of my teacher friends smoked. And so I would just go outside with them while they were having a cigarette and keep them company. You know, what am I going to do? Sit at the bar by myself and have a beer? No, I'm going to go outside with my friends. So I'm outside uh, this massive hotel in chicago i can't think of which one it was it has two different towers like a north tower and a south tower or something 
And uh, so I was outside one of these towers, and usually smoke breaks are taken outside the service entrances for hotel staff to conveniently de-stress from all the assholes they have to deal with. So we were out there, and there was um, <clears throat> this dude. He was obviously a chef, cook, you know, short order, whatever. And uh, he was out there smoking, and um, my friends were smoking their cigarettes and they were kind of on their own conversation i know this dude was over there by himself and i noticed he had a tattoo on his forearm it was like a special forces tattoo because i know some people that have been in special forces so i just went over to him and i was like i always do with veterans i just said hey i just want to say thank you for your service and i did see your tat and i understand um the things you might have gone through and i appreciate that well, it's been a while since I've told this story. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, uh, my reaction of tears right now is pretty much what his reaction And uh, he turns toward me and says, Brother, you have no idea. I appreciate that. And um, he came over and gave me a hug. And as I kind of motioned him in, like, go ahead, bring it in, bro. And he was huge. This dude was huge. And uh, he was huge. So he just in, like engulfed me with this hug and started crying like a baby. And then, of course, I was crying. <clears throat> so it was about that point where a friend of mine, a teacher friend of mine, they had all gone inside. And I was still out there. And they realized, oh, where's Fred, the non-smoker? Of course, he's still outside. Is he outside? Yeah, there's a hole manhunt going on inside the hotel all of a sudden i didn't even know so like two or three of the teachers come out and they're like what are you doing <laughs> who is that guy because i was walking back they just saw us like you know disembark and you know give good wishes and i was going back towards the door they're like who was that guy and i was like ah it's just a cook you know <clears throat> but the thing was is you know, something told me I had to go over and say something to him. You know, it could have been a very forward action. He could have met me with hostility. All kinds of things could have gone down. But I didn't really think of it at the time. It was just a natural thing. <clears throat> Fast forward to another <clears throat> example. Uh, and this is after I'd started meditation and uh, more of a mindfulness path and had some <clears throat> other realizations about what comes into me. Um, we'll just say on other levels, I don't think that science is understood yet, and I don't understand, and I can't control. But I began to realize that all of these experiences that I had in the past is because I'm more open to them. Uh, and understanding of things, even on a level I didn't understand when I was young. But I started to understand at this point. And so, um, fast forward, I was taking master's classes um, at a local university, and <clears throat> we had in-person classes. It was pre-COVID, so um, <clears throat> I'd go up to campus, and at the time, um, I didn't have my, no, no, I did have a job at that point. I had a teaching position at a high school. But um, I was taking these classes on the summer um, schedule. And I was in a class 
and there were 30 people in it, and 29 of them were women. And I was the only dude. Now, normally, uh, well, not normally, but I'd imagine people hearing this have all kinds of reactions in their head. Uh, I grew up with three sisters, so that didn't really bother me too much. And uh, I'd rather talk to women than men anyway, honestly. Um, so I was fine with it. It was kind of a joke in class. There was an older professor. She was going to retire the next year, and uh, she was magnificent. And uh, I've actually talked to her about this story before and told it to her. And she's like, I had no idea. And so she, was, she remembered this, actually. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so we break into groups. I'm with this group of five ladies, all extremely intelligent. Um, and there was one that was like just so attractive. It was like disarming. Like I really had a concern about me being in this group. And uh, I'm like, I don't think this is going to be a sound educational environment for me. I don't know if I should stay in this group. Um, yeah, it was a problem. It was a problem. Not like I couldn't go up to the chalkboard problem, but it was like, you know, I, I, there was, there was tension and I didn't like it. I didn't, you know, cause I felt like I had to wear a bunch of masks and I don't like feeling like that. So anyway, um, I rolled with it and, uh, it was like four, four classes, five classes in. We were all pretty comfortable with each other. I got over that. It was fine. Um, she's still like, you know, like a model. And uh, so we're talking one day and then it's like, okay, it's a break, you know. And so uh, the rest of our group leaves and it's just this gal and I. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm just quietly reading. She's reading. And all of a sudden in my head, I hear a voice that says, you need to tell her something right now. And it's not her fault. That's what you have to tell her. It's not her fault. And I was like, <laughs> you know, me having a dialogue in my head, like, okay, which character is this? You know, the hell. <clears throat> so I'm like, I'm literally in my head saying, no, that's not going to happen. And then the voice says, no, it is going to happen. You have to tell her. You have to tell her. You have to tell her right now it's not her fault. And say, just say, I, you know, whatever you have to say, it's not her fault. And so I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to tell her because, you know, the fuck, why not? So then I said, okay. And I said, you know, I don't, this is really weird, um, but I'm supposed to tell you something right now. And it is this. It's not your fault. And she's like, excuse me? And then the voice in my head says, keep telling her, keep telling her, do not explain, keep saying this, it's not your fault, keep saying it. And so this dialogue is happening inside my head, and she's asking me, what do you mean? What did you say? And so I said, this is not your fault. And she's like, excuse me, I don't understand. And, and the voice says, just keep, keep saying it. And I was like, okay, okay, got it. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. And I just interrupt her as she's speaking because she's continually like inquiring, what is this about, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I, I said, I don't know what to tell you. It's not your fault. You're supposed to understand this, I guess. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not. And then she stops talking and it's like this light switch went off in her head and she, her face changed, her visage changed, her head changed, everything 
the whole thing changed and she starts crying. She totally breaks down into tears, sobbing mess. At this point, break is over. You got 28 other women coming back in the class and the only dude up in there with this gal making her cry. What the f Who is this guy? Now, there were like a handful of people that stayed in there, but they didn't know what was going on until she started crying and then they really wanted to know what was going on. So we just let everyone come on in and she exited crying. Everyone, what's wrong with her? And I just said, I... I can't tell you. <laughs> I said, I think it's best she tells you. Um, it did have to do with me, but uh, I did not harm her. It's <laughs> just conveying information. And so, anyway, we have another break. She comes back in. She's cleaned up. Um, she doesn't look at me. She sits down in class. Everyone's looking at her, you know. The teacher asked, the professor asked, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. And uh, class goes on, and then class is over. And after class, she talks to me, and she says, um, thank you for that, because uh, I haven't told anyone except for my family that I'm in the middle of a divorce, and I've been married two years, and it's the worst decision I've ever made. And he cheated on me after one year, and I found out he did all this other stuff, and blah, blah, blah. And she told me this whole thing, and she was like, I'm going to counseling, and they keep telling me it's not my fault, and I'm just having a hard time believing them. And I want to thank you for telling me that, because it was like confirmation that it's I have to be open to the fact that it's not my fault. So <clears throat> that was a significant point in my development in this journey of understanding and discernment of what goes on when I receive information and I doubt it. That was key because I realized that it's a dialogue that happens between me and myself, except the myself responds in a way that I am not controlling, and it's clear because I'm having an argument. <laughs> so, and I, I, I've had counseling since my dad passed away in 2000, and every counselor I've told this these things to, they agree that I'm not um, going to be admitted any day soon. <clears throat> that I'm, I don't have multiple personalities. That blah blah blah. Basically, I'm not nuts, and they're like, "You, we don't know what to say about this, so we don't talk about it." <laughs> but we do because I forced the issue because I'm that that I'm that guy. Anyway, so uh, fast forward again. I'm living in a different place. I'm married. Um, well, I was married for the last one too. That's why I was so nervous on that gal. Um, but still married course still married now anyway at a grocery store just buying groceries and uh going down the aisle and i see this guy he's uh you know fronting and facing all the products on the shelves he's straightening everything out doing his job and i'm thinking to myself like that guy's a really cool guy because i'd have interactions with him in the past and he's been there for years he's an older guy probably you know 60s you know and um just making ends meet, 
And uh, as I was thinking that, this voice says, you, you should go tell them that. And so I'm down the next aisle at this point, and I'm like, think, I actually just ignored the voice that said, you should go tell them that. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be nice. The fuck? I need spices. So um, I get about 10 more paces. I'm looking for something else. And they're like, you have, to, you have to go tell them. You have to go tell them that. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell them next time. I got to get, you know, <laughs> do I have to get now? What am I, ADHD here? Which, you know, maybe it's a mild case, but this was different. So I'm like, okay, whatever, I'm going to ignore you. And then it, then it was just like, okay, just like the gal in the graduate class, we're going to turn up the volume on this, like, you know, hitting the pots and pans on you. Okay, go tell them, go tell them, go tell them, go tell them. And I'm literally like, are you serious? Like I said it out loud and there's this other lady in the aisle and I'm like, well, now I'm totally nuts because I'm out loud having this conversation because I'm like, oh my God, just leave me alone. So anyway, I go down the other aisle. He's still there. And I'm like, hey man, I just wanted to tell you something. He had this cute little peanut head, you know, shorter guy. I say that and with all respect. <clears throat> and uh, I was like, hey, I just want to tell you, you know, every time I come in here, um, either you're helping when you helped me, it, you know, you do a great job at customer service, but I've also seen you help other people. And I just say that you're a credit to this store. You're someone that I know when I come in, I can ask you a question and you're going to do your darndest to help me out. And I just wanted to say, I appreciate you. And I'm glad you're part of this neighborhood store. And he's like, wow. He was like, thank you. I was like, yeah, you're welcome. And I start to walk away. And he was like, because I was about to walk right out of this place. And I was like, what? He was like, yep. He was like, we have a new manager. And she is not very nice at all. And we were just back in produce. And I know this is more than you want to hear. But we were just back in produce. And she really just you know, was really mean to me about an incident where she didn't even want to hear my side of it. And I thought, you know what? It's not even worth this. I'm, I can be out of here and just go do something else. And I was just literally thinking about how I would just walk out and just leave the apron on a cart with my name tag and just see you. I was like, wow. I was like, well, I think maybe you should continue to assess how you feel. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah. So I took that as that's why I should have said something to him. So, so anyway, you can see this this thread that keeps happening, and it, it even happens in small things throughout the day, um, but not as not as big of a deal. I mean, it's not every day, but fast forward to um, the last bit here. I wanted to illustrate now uh, between the last part and this one. I increased my meditation and studies of, of, let's just say, extra-dimensional ideas and things of that nature. And um, uh, different cultures and their ideas of other dimensions and things like that. And so I'm just going to a Saturday farmer's market with my family. That's all. That's all I'm trying to do in life. Do the normal stuff. Here we go. So I'm in the garage. They're already in the van yelling at me because I helped everyone else get ready. And now I'm picking my shoes. 
And now I had a pair of shoes in mind when I was putting my clothes on. And I'm like, I don't get out that much anymore. It's a farmer's market. It's a nice sunny day. I want to look fly. So I had this specific pair of Adidas that I wanted to wear. The only ones I've ever seen. I got them overseas. I feel real proud about them. Like, yeah, I'm going to rock those. Got my colors on to match them. I got a whole outfit for those shoes. I got three outfits for those shoes. I love them so much. I go into the garage and I'm like, hell yeah, let me get to slip these on. Everyone's like, come on, dad. The car is running. Like, okay, dang. And this voice says, not those shoes. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, no, (laughs) it's some weirdies. Weirdies shoes. You can go on somewhere. And it's like, nope. You got to wear your hiking shoes, any of them. And I'm like, oh, okay, which ones? And I'm like joking, right? And so I touch these ones. I'm like, these ones? I'm like, yes, those ones. Those ones are the ones you have to wear. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so they're, they're you know, they're okay, but, you know, they obviously didn't match as well as the ones I wanted. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, all right. And then everyone's like, come on, Dad. So I'm like, okay, fine. And so I put them on, I lace them up. The other ones were just, shell toes and i never tie them so not much support you know all for show not for function as adidas on her <laughs> anyway um so yeah i'm driving to the farmer's market everyone's in the car and i'm going down this road it's two lanes one lane either way double yellow and there's this pickup truck in front of us it's like an older like Datsun toyota maybe you know, just kind of dumpy looking, and uh, it just slowly veers left to center and goes off the road into the ditch, hits a utility pole, and flips over. And my wife's going, "Oh my god! Oh my god!" And so I just pull off for side street, and I said, "You know what's got to happen here?" And she's like, "Yes, I know. Go, go, go. We'll wait here." And so she knows that, you know, because I'm a teacher and I've taken advantage of the free first aid classes offered through schools, that I use that when I feel the need. And so she knew I'd have to go check them out and see what's going on. And so I ran across the street. Nobody stopped. No car stopped. They are continuing. No one stopped for me. Someone honked because I was trying to cross. They didn't want to stop. Not even slow down. There's a flipped truck in a ditch right beside the road and no one's stopping. And I'm like, are you kidding me? First of all, so whatever. Cross the road. And as I cross the road, I think, and I get to the ditch, I think where I lived, it rained quite a bit in certain times of the year. And it just rained for like five days straight. And this ditch was just full of water. The truck was just covered in water the guy was still in there you know i could smell gas truck was running not trying to make this dramatic but i realized at that point why i had to wear those shoes because i had to jump the ditch to get on top of the side of the car to pull him out because he was trying to get out the window and i had to help him and if i was wearing those other shoes There's no way I would have even attempted the jump because I wouldn't have landed it at all. And so with these shoes, I jumped easily, made it onto the truck, 
helped them out, pulled them off to the side. Still, no one on the road stopped. Not one fucking car. And so <clears throat> I pulled him off the side, and he was drunk. He was smashed. And so he had actually passed out at the wheel and hit that pole. Poles snapped. Power lines were sagging. Truck was still running. I didn't have my phone. It was in the car. And someone finally stopped. And they were like, are you all right? And I'm like, call 911 immediately. And tell them they got to come and me. That truck's still running. And so uh, he called 911. And the guy tried to, started to kind of walk off. And I grabbed his arm. And I said, brother, this is one time you can't run. You have to stay here. You have to. And I know it sucks, but you got to stay here. And he was like, I didn't even mean it. Blah, blah, blah. And he's just rambling. It's starting to like get to him what what it means. And I said, trust me, you just have to deal with this. Because if you run, nothing gets better. It only gets worse. And it never gets better. And so <clears throat> I I didn't hold him by the arm, but I kind of like gave him a big hug. And I just kept talking to him in his ear. And I thought, if I just keep him here, talk, if he'll stay here listening to me, then that'll give the cops enough time to get here, and then we won't have a weird fucking thing. And so then cars started to stop, and someone was directing traffic, and the cops showed up, and then then it was all right. But if I wouldn't have worn those shoes, then I wouldn't have been able to help at all. Like, everything would have been different. And, uh Yeah. And so I, I guess that's the story is um, everyone has intuition if they can um, clear out all the stuff that's been put in their head or that they've put in their head that act as blocks. And when people are able to open themselves up, then they can understand the importance of signs and messages in their life and <clears throat> act on them as they see fit. Now, the question is how to discern what's fit for your path versus others, or if that voice or intuition is for your path. So that's the mystery, I think. But really, I try to tell everyone it's about the meditation, prayer, um, however you process that, quiet contemplation, sitting in peace, sitting at rest, just allowing the mind to experience the flow of thoughts in and out until there's nothing. And at that point, that's the place where you make the best headway in your own path. That's just my opinion. So I hope you got something from these stories. Um, I know I did. Um, they always strike me when I think of them or tell them to other people. And so I'm very happy to share them in this forum. Thanks.